0: 6 says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Your uh, leadership, uh, all principalities, all authority, all, all the stuff that is being piled upon that you think it's on you, it's actually, uh, will you give it over to him and on his shoulders, all will be upon his shoulders all will bow to him king jesus and his name will be wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace amen amen yes I, yes you you felt that one yes I am old enough to remember an old Tomlin song, which isn't like super super old, but uh, a lot of people didn't know it uh, last service. Let's see if you do. Anytime I read like like Isaiah 9-6, uh, all I hear is, His name is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. Nope, ain't, ain't nobody know it. Like, two people were like, I'm with you, John. Keep singing, John. That's it. Like, that's where my mind goes. Is uh, I, Kelly says I have musical Tourette's. I, and it's true. She's not wrong, right? Like, I, she says a word, or any of you could say a word, and I'll just start thinking a song, and then eventually I'll sing the song. And it's, it's you might think that's a fun game. <laughs> Live with me and see how fun it is. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, crazy things going on in your household, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? Y'all, y'all got good. Some, 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 some did not clap. That's the good stuff. I want to know those stories. I want to hang. out. I want to be a fly in the wall where like the turkey gets thrown up against a wall, like. The, the, the real words start flying because you invited so-and-so, that one family member that nobody wants to invite, but you feel like you have to, and then you do, and then you, everybody goes like, this is why we don't invite you. Like, anybody have those type of Thanksgiving gatherings? A couple people, yeah, yeah, those, these are my people. These are my people. Uh, Our Thanksgiving was uh, really laid back. We had a very non-traditional Thanksgiving. Um, While all of you were trying to, like, get, you know, the turkey just right and not, like, uh, you know, dry it out, you know, and and trying to get the cheesy potatoes, make them on point, right? Because if you bring in cheesy potatoes, they got to be like, mwah, right? So, like, trying, while you were doing that, our family gathered together, we went to the movies, and we went to go see uh, The Chosen, uh, new series. Uh, we, we went to go see that at the theaters, and then we went to TGI Fridays for dinner. <laughs> and all the moms and those preparing uh, the meals were like, can I get some, some of that one year, right? Like, listen, like, I had barbecue ribs and fried shrimp. It was glorious. Okay, like we, we, we got to meet our server, Ashley, and we talked with her and prayed with her and we were able to bless her financially, you know? Like if you ain't spending the money on the big meal, you can just give it to her, right? It was like, it was this beautiful thing. And, and, and like afterwards, we went back to the house, uh, Isabel and I, uh, like we made some pumpkin pies earlier that morning and then that night we got to eat them. Like, listen y'all, it was glorious, no mess. Mm-mm. No cleanup, like no stress, no fridge that is like packed full of leftovers that you say you're gonna eat, but then three weeks later they're still there and nobody eat them, right? Like it was amazing. I encourage you to join us in this new tradition. Man, it, it, it was good. It may be a new tradition, I don't know. Uh, after Thanksgiving comes what? A nap. A a nap is is what's next. And after the nap comes Friday, which Friday is then Black Friday. Did you go out? You heard a lot of no's, but I know some of y'all went out. mm Yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 4.30 a.m., dang. Until you were 12 hours, 12 hours going strong. Wow. Th- this is crazy. So uh not you're crazy. I used to do that too. Um, like yeah, we'll tell stories about that later. Uh so like I didn't know this. Uh so you can fact check me on this. I had to go back and like triple check this because these numbers blew me away. Last Black Friday, okay? Last Black Friday, 2021, Americans, we spent over 8.9. B- 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 Billion, with a B, billion dollars on Black Friday alone. Yes. And then you take Friday through Cyber Monday, you know, if y'all know Cyber Monday, Monday. So Friday through Monday, last year, we spent $33.9 billion in one weekend. This year, it's projected that we'll eclipse both those, right? So this year, we're projected that Black Friday sales only Friday will be over nine billion, and the whole weekend will be over thirty-four billion by Monday evening, by tomorrow evening. Dang, that's a lot of clams, you know? That that's that's a lot. That's a I don't that's that's a lot. Uh, I went out on Friday. I went out on Friday. Uh, I bought a beard trimmer because, listen, y'all, mine broke. <laughs> mine broke. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, it is Friday. I got two days. There's no way I'm getting up on that platform with like without shaving my head, like looking like a chia pet. Like, it's uh uh-uh. uh. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. And it had already been chia, like it was just grown out. I have the U, it doesn't grow here. You don't want to see it. Mm mm. So I was like, I got to go. I got to get me a beard trimmer. I don't know if my beard trimmer is going to get us over that $34 billion mark, but uh, you know, I did my part. I did my part. You did your part for 12 hours. So, And you went to good company. Praise God you went to good company. Uh, Donnie and his wife were here at first service. Thanks for supporting Donnie and, and, and their mission at good company. They just put out a new line called Pretty, uh, reminding women that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. So uh, check out that shameless plug for a good company. Yeah, see one person clap. Well done you. I like that. Uh we uh we're starting a new series. Uh it's behind me right there, right? Uh it's it, you know there's some things going on in our world right now. I don't know if you know that. Like there's some just some stuff, you know. Uh there's some stuff going on in your households. You know, like I know that because you call me. <laughs> you know. And that's cool. I I'm so privileged that you invite you know, like us into those moments. Uh, there's some stuff going on. Uh, we all have stuff. I was talking with uh, uh, Rita. Rita came up after first, uh, before first service. Uh, Rita has been going to this ministry for over 65 years, y'all. That was It was so cool to get to meet her and talk to her. Yeah, praise God. That's called perseverance. She has seen a lot in that 65 years, right? She, she was like, just hang in there, John. Just hang in there. Hang in there. She's seen a lot. Perseverance uh, pays off a lo- in, in the long run. Uh, sh- but she was saying, you know, and it's not just her story. It's, it's, it's a lot of your stories. Uh, this will be her first Christmas without her husband. And like that, that hits differently. And a lot of people are going through that, you know, this winter season when you go through the holidays and it's a little different. And it could be different for lots of different reasons. We got stuff going on in our homes and our marriages, it, within our kids, with our relationships. Like, we got stuff, right? And that's just our personal stuff. Then, publicly, we all have like this stuff that we're all as a society going through right now, right? Th- these nasty two I words, one called inflation. Um, man, come on. Can we get a release valve on that? Like, it is at the highest point it's been since the 1980s. And some of y'all haven't been alive that long, but we have been. So, like, Like, it's at its highest point since the 80s. Interest rates, like, still climbing high. Like, I'm just like, yo, ease up on this. Then we have this, like, whole thing, uh, people aren't going back to work. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Kelly and I are like, what are they doing? Like, where are they? Like, I'm so confused right now. But it's actually called now, sociologists have called it the great resignation. All right? It's like this will be in our history books, so check it out, you know, 10 years from now. And you'll remember, I remember Pastor John said the Great Resignation. Uh, yes, like it will be. But it's not just about uh, noting the labor shortage that we are feeling. It's, it's more than that. That's why it's hitting all of us. It is a, a, an attitude, a posture that as a society, we are choosing to disengage from everything. Like, we're resigning from engaging with the world around us, which is then leading to an epidemic of mistrust and isolation. That's not good, y'all. <laughs> you know, like, and that leads to, like, anxiety being through the roof and depression being through the basement. Like, and, like, the suicide rate is higher than it's ever been in years with someone taking their life every 11 minutes right now. Like, real data. Amongst our veterans, that number is 57% higher for those who have served than those who haven't. Like, every 11 minutes. Add to this, like, we've had three mass shootings in the last, like, two weeks, leaving 14 people dead and 33 wounded. Like, y'all, it's a weary world. There's some things going down on these streets. Like, can I just get a reprieve? Can I breathe? Can I take my own advice from a couple weeks ago? Can I pray, P-R-A-Y? Can I pause, <laughs> reach out, ask, ask for help, we yield to God? Like, right? I was talking to Noah about this. Like, we just need a P-R-A-Y right now. I'm resonating with King David's words. He, he penned them in what we call Psalm 13, right? How long, O Lord? How long? Restore the sparkle to my eyes. That one hits it like in my gut right now. Restore the sparkle to my eyes. But, but, I trust. But, I will rejoice. But, I will sing to the Lord. Why? Because he is good. He is good, right? He is good. Even when it is not, he is good, man. Like, he is so good. (laughs) My gosh, he is good, my friends. Like, and if it is not good in your house right now, will you please, like, redirect? your thoughts, your attention, your energy to him because he is good. I just want, like, to lay it out. If maybe you're a first-time guest here and you're wondering, what the heck did I step into? Or you got drug here out of, like, you'll only get Thanksgiving dinner if you go to church with us on Sunday. Like, cool. If that's you, man, I'm so glad you're here. But let me just drop the truth bomb on you. There is hope that will not disappoint regardless of what life is piling on top of you. That hope will not be found in a drink, a diet, a drug, a pill, porn, or people. It can only be found in Jesus Christ. You can go ahead and try all that other stuff. I get it. It's real tempting to do that. I did it, and I did it for a long time, and none of it will take away the ache of your soul. You can keep trying it all you want. Like, seriously, let me know how that works out for you. All right? It's cool. Go do your thing. I get it. But when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, like I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus. He won't disappoint. And what's beautiful is that not only can he offer you hope, he can be an anchor for your soul. So that no matter what the world throws at you, you are anchored in. I can stand firm in my faith regardless of if it's weary or not, if it's good or not, because his goodness is not determined by our goodness. Ooh. That's a message. Somebody write that down. I'm going to have to teach that one one day. That wasn't in my notes. I know, right? That, she told me to bring it today, so I'm going to bring it today. I'm going to say some things today that uh, may offend. <laughs> I'm going to say some things that may bring hope. But I will be bringing truth today. I will stand firm on God's word. Friends, um, why I love Jesus so much and why I can trust Jesus so much is not only is he the son of God and that he was fully man and fully human. uh, I believe that with all of my life. I've, I've seen his hand, his mighty hand, pull me up and restore me. Like, you can't shake it. Like, you can get upset with all you want on all the things in the Old Testament that are inconsistencies and all that stuff. You can, I can go there, too, with you, right? But I can't deny the mighty hand of God working in my life. I cannot deny it. What's really beautiful and amazing is that, I, for me, humanly, it's like, it's cool. Like, I can connect with with this King Jesus, this This Jesus because he endured a lot of the same stuff. He lived it. He felt it too. He felt the weariness. He himself was weary. And what's fascinating is that he found a way to keep showing compassion even when he himself was weary. I want to be like that. (laughs) I want to find that. I want all of us to find that, that even though we may be weary, we will still show compassion. We will still bring hope to a weary world. I want to share with you a story about Jesus today, uh, a a carpenter who was from a small village on the west side called CLEVES. Listen, Nazareth could have been the same as Cleves. Okay, let's just be clear. Like, later on in the Gospels, you hear one of the disciples say, can anything good come from Nazareth, right? Look it up. True story. And I live in Cleves, so can anything good come <laughs> There's some crazy stuff going on in Cleves right now. So, like, just, like, can anything good come from, right? So, Jesus uh, from Nazareth. The humble beginnings. He took on a humble posture, even though he was king. And he stepped into our weary world. And, and I want to share a story with you that's found in all four gospels. Um, but, but, friends, I want to give you context. Because context is king. All right? Context is clarity. All right? Amen? When you take things out of context, not just scripture, all things, out of context, don't do that. Find the context, historical context context. This is John chapter 6. If you want to follow along, it is this beautiful story. But the context makes it even more powerful. John 6, 1 says this, after this, we'll come back, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. This is in the area of Bethsaida. A huge crowd following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs and he healed the sick. So uh, we started off in verse one with what two words? After this. All right. So then everybody should go like, well, what had happened before this, Jesus? Right. And so we ha- we need to look what happened because to actually get the context, we want to see what happened, and to do that, we actually have to go over to Matthew's gospel account of this story to see what Jesus just has been processing through. In Matthew 14, we find out right in this moment that Jesus' cousin, John, also known as John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, John, that he's just been murdered as part of a birthday party that, like, has gone seriously sideways. Like, look it up. It's a crazy story. So after Jesus' family member has been senselessly murdered, We read in verse 12 later, John's disciples, John's disciples, came for his body and they buried it. And they went and they told Jesus what had happened. And as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds. Everybody say, but the crowds. But the crowds. Heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. The man just wanted to be alone and grieve. And Friends, Jesus is so much better than me. Like, my gosh, I want to be like him. I genuinely want to be more like him. I'm not sure I would respond the same way, though, had one of my family members just been Murdered. Yet in the midst of his grieving with a weary heart, Jesus shows compassion and continues to care for the people. He actually doubles down on his compassion. Like with a weary heart, Jesus gives us one of the greatest miracles ever recorded. So back to the book of John. Like not the John who was murdered, but this is John, a different John. There's lots of Johns, all right? And I'm sure there's like a bathroom joke in there right there, but I like... I don't know, lots of Johns. This is John, the son of, Je- son of Zebedee, brother of James. It, this is his gospel, John 6. It says, Jesus then climbed a hill and he sat down with his disciples around him. It was about time to celebrate Passover, a tradition for God's people to remember the miracle of God's deliverance and covering and protection and redemption. And they would gather together and eat. And Jesus knows it's about time to come together and eat. And Jesus, with a heavy heart, he sees the crowd. He sees the moment and he has compassion. And so he sees this huge crowd of people coming and looking for him. And he turns to Philip, one of his disciples, one of his friends. He turns to Philip and he says, hey, Philip, where can we buy bread, right, to feed all these people? (laughs) I love God's word. It says, Jesus was testing Philip, (laughs) Like, that ain't right. Why are you testing me, (laughs) right? Jesus was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And so Philip replied, though, uh, like, hey, like, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed these people. I love that he calls out Philip in this moment. It's for our benefit. See, Philip is from this area. All right, Philip is so where they're at in Bethsaida. Philip is from there. This is his local town. He's a local boy. And so he's saying like, hey, man, you live here. Like, where's the closest Kroger, right? How fast can we get there to get food, to feed these people, right? You, you're you from here. You know how people do when they come visit you for the holidays. they like, you guys are always talking about that weird chili. Where's the closest whatever, right? And then fill in the blank, Skyline or Gold Star, right? Like, where's the closest, like, you live here. You should know. Jesus is saying, you live here. You should know you're from here. So you would know, like, and Philip's like, man, there ain't nothing. So Jesus is like, okay, just so, remember the whole crowd's here. All right, so you're telling me that there isn't a LaRosa's close enough, right? And even if there was, then we don't have enough money to buy the amount of rondos that would be needed to feed all these people. Rondos are no joke, y'all. Oh, amen and amen, yes and amen. Rondos, man, they they ain't playing around there, Mike. Dang. So Jesus is like, all right, so you're telling me there's, there's no way we can do this? All right, cool, cool, cool. And then another one of Jesus' disciples chimes in in this moment. Verse 8 says, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he spoke up, right? And this, this is so beautiful. He says, well, there, there's a young boy with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd, right? Why this is beautiful that that God's word gives us this moment of humanity is that it's Andrew speaking this. See, before Andrew started following Jesus, he was a friend and a disciple of John the Baptist, And so Andrew just found out that his friend had just been murdered. And so his heart is just... And you can hear it like in his voice, right? Like he he's he's been around long enough in this faith community, following Jesus, like and and, and, like seeing these miracles and seeing these healings and and seeing like just crazy things that you can't possibly make sense of, right? He's seeing it, but but his heart is weary. Listen, a weary heart can know the truth but still struggle to believe. Friends, it's okay. It's okay if you're struggling. You can hear it in Andrew's voice, right? Like, Jesus, he asks for food, you know, right? And Andrew, he responds with, like, well, Jesus, there's a kid, like, with a happy meal. (laughs) Like, he's got, like, you know, the Jerusalem style of happy meals, five loaves and two fish. He already drank his milkshake, but, like, but what good is that going to do, Jesus? Jesus? right? Like, there's a chance that you could do a miracle here, but but there's no way, right? Like, I've seen you do miracles and wonders, but but my heart is just too weary right now. Like, Like, maybe you can just, like, relate, like, i think things can get better in this marriage but like i really think that that somehow we can get our way out of this financial pit but I, like I, like i don't think like i don't want to be alone anymore but like i Like I know, like I've I've watched you do these crazy things in in the people of God and through the people of God, you know, and and I've seen it and I and I've heard about it. And 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 I, I I think you could do it again, but but maybe this time it's just too hard. Our faith can be worn when our hearts are weary. Jesus knows this. That's why Jesus says, Will you come to me? Will you stop going to all those other places? Will you come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest? Will you come to me? Stop going to those unhealthy people, places, or things. Will you come to me? I will take your burden. I know what it's like to be weary. In verse 10, uh, Jesus, right, he, he's, he's savage. He, he shows up in, all right in this moment and he shows us what can come from placing the impossible in his hands, even with a weary heart. The Bible tells us that over 5,000 people were gathered in this moment, right? And Jesus, he says, all right, everybody sit down, sit down, be quiet. <laughs> in my Bible, that's what he says, be quiet. Y'all are too loud, right? You know my Bible wouldn't say that. My Bible would be like, can y'all be louder? (laughs) Can y'all be louder? Can you give me some more amens and preach it and keep going? Like, amen, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's a whole other day. Jesus says, hey, all y'all sit down. And then he asks for the happy meal. He asks for it. And this order of things is important. He asks for what is there. Then verse 11, Jesus takes it, takes the loaves, Then he gives thanks to God, and then he gives it to the people. And afterward, he does the same thing with the fish. He takes the fish, he thanks God for the fish, and then gives it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted. All ate. And after everyone was full, not just got a bite, like Thanksgiving Day full Get ready to take a nap on the side of a hillside in Bethsaida, fool. Jesus then tells, all, tells his disciples, hey, now go gather the leftovers because none of them are going to keep them. So we'll take the leftovers so nothing's wasted. And so then they went up and they picked up all the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from just the five loaves of bread. When the people saw this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely this man must be the prophet, the Messiah that we have been expecting. With five loaves, two fish, five loaves, two fish, and a weary heart with compassion, the crowd experiences a miracle that we are still talking about over 2,000 years later. See, friends, from our deepest pain can come our greatest provision. We have to lean into these moments and not shy away from them. In the midst of a weary world, I'm believing right now that God is going to do a miracle in us and through us, in you, in you, in me, in all of us, through all of us. Like, I don't know what you're walking through. I know some of it, but I don't know all of your stuff, all of your details, but Jesus does. And Jesus has shown me over and over again my whole life, the impossible is possible if we put it in his hands. Where are you putting your problems? Put it in his hands. Friends, as your pastor, as your leader, I am weary right now, but I am hopeful. I'm living in that tension. One of my friends was like, well, it's no wonder the series is this. (laughs) If you're that, I'm sure, right, yeah, like, well, good job. (laughs) But I'm hopeful because I know God won't fail. I know that. Like, he won't fail. He doesn't fail, and he won't do. He's not going to stop now. He's not going to suddenly become someone who he's not. So, friends, he's not going to fail you. Will you put your problems in his hands? Will you trust in the impossible? I shared with you a couple of weeks about our financial situation here at the church. Friends, this is the toughest financial season this ministry has ever been in. That's saying a lot for over 100 years. Even still, like, we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to stop doing God's work, amen? Amen. Amen. There there, it is. Like, we're going to lead with faith-filled hearts, showing compassion and bringing hope to the weary world around us. We won't allow these financial pressures to hold us back from being and doing the, you know, the, the work of Jesus Christ, right? We're going to keep being the church. We're going to keep doing the work with a weary heart. I'm choosing to trust God and tell the people. That was that slow clap that Satan was trying to take out. But you persevered through, its, through the perseverance of those trials that you'll become complete. Well done. I appreciate you persevering. Listen, uh, real talk. I'm asking for your help in this. Point blank. Like, I'm not going to shy away. I'm going to trust God and tell the people. I'm asking for your help. Will you help close the financial gap that we are experiencing right now so we can continue And while we continue to push forward, we will continue to be great stewards. We've already begun strategically cutting expenses and tightening our belts. You're like, yo, you're going to tell us all that? Yes, I am. I will be real with you. But family, I believe that if we come together and collectively bring our happy meals to him and put it in his hands... I believe we're gonna like one day look back on this moment and go like, do you remember when God showed up? Like, do do you remember that one? Like he's, he's giving us from fresh bread, a fresh miracle, a fresh testimony to point to the fact that God can do things that man thinks is impossible. He's doing that right here, right now. In the midst of our weariness, we're believing in a miracle of fish and loaves. That's what this hope initiative is all about. Tangibly caring for the weary world around us while also caring for our resources that we've been entrusted with. See, even in the midst of a weary world, like with financial pressures, we believe God is inviting us to continue to build on the hundred years of tradition that this ministry has with bringing hope to the west side of Cincinnati, but friends, there's a lot of work still to do in the west side of Cincinnati. You know that, right? (laughs) I've been in your homes. (laughs) There's a lot of work, kingdom work still to do on the west side. There's a lot of kingdom work to do on the east side. Amen. Don't be so quick to say amen. (laughs) There's still a lot of work to do downtown, right? Have you been downtown lately? You should. There's a lot of hurting people that are desperate for hope. And not a lot of God's people are going down there. They're, they're fleeing away. And I feel like we're, we're, where the hurt is is where God's people should be chasing in, right? There's a lot of kingdom work to do throughout the region and throughout the state and throughout the world. And we believe that God is calling us, Whitewater Crossing, his local church to join him in that kingdom work. Not later, now. What good is it if you see a brother or sister in need and say, hey, good day, I'll pray for you, and you continue walking by? That's God's word, not mine. How will you respond right now? We are being called to be a local church with a regional and global reach. Always local, always global. The world is his backyard, it is our backyard. We won't stop caring for the least of these in the name of Jesus. So here's what I'm asking. Will you prayerfully consider financially investing in this hope initiative? I know what I'm asking in the season that I'm asking it. Kelly and I are looking at the same numbers you are. Kelly and I are experiencing the same things you are. All right, how can we cut there so we can invest? Do we believe in what we're doing? Okay. So, friends, whether that's today, like, if you feel led, you can give today. You can give. They're going to give a QR code and all that fancy stuff. If you're a grandparent, you can ask your kids how to do the QR thing. It's fine. Got to help them out, right, you know? What's this QR thing? Am I supposed to take a selfie with this? I don't know what that voice is. You can go on our app. You, if you're still a, a, a check writer, I don't even know what they call it. If you're still a, you know, write checks. If you still write checks, you can do that. You can put it in the back in those boxes. Uh, you can give uh, this Tuesday. Like uh, some people don't know this. This Tuesday is called what? Thank you. Thank it's like thank you. First service. They didn't know that. They, they're not as hip as you. <laughs> I use the word hip. <laughs> That's messed up, like, like yeah, first service they were like, what's that it's Giving Tuesday, man it's been around for like a decade right for, for over a decade uh, Giving Tuesday is a generosity movement that every 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 year for one day of the year it's like globally a movement of generosity saying okay, we just spent all of our money. I feel like it should be before Black Friday, but that's that's a whole other sermon. But Tuesday following Cyber Monday is a day across the world where people go, hey, we're going to give back to care for those in need locally and globally. So you can, you can go to our website or our app or any of our social media platforms on Tuesday, and you can be a part of Giving Tuesday. You can take the next couple weeks to process and prayerfully consider, like, jumping into this hope initiative, and you can give at our Christmas Eve services Between Giving Tuesday and our Christmas Eve offering and our year-end giving, like we are believing that we will be able to continue to tangibly bring hope to the weary world, specifically, because I know some of y'all like, get specific, John. Cool, I will. Not only will we be able to address the right-now financial gap that we have, but we will be able to start new initiatives with our local school districts and our global partners to address the very real spiritual, physical, and emotional needs of our students and families. Locally, there are over 700,000 people not connected to a local church. Right here in Hamilton County, there are thousands of kids going to school every day without coats, without shoes, without clean clothes, and without food. According to the Health Department and Human Services, 48.5% of the students in greater Cincinnati are below the poverty line. More than 76,000 children right here are food insecure. We believe God's people should do something about that. Globally, there are over 5.4 billion people in this world that don't know the hope of Jesus. For God so loved the world, for unto the world that he gave his son. According to the United Nations, nearly 3,000 children die every day. Just in southern India. In the Horn of Africa, if you know that sub-Saharan region, more than 8,500 children die every single day, both due to malnutrition. Again, we believe God's people should do something about this this is what we're stepping into. This is a part of our HOPE initiative. By creating new partnerships with our local school districts, by creating and maintaining strategic partnerships throughout this region and partnerships with Stadia, a global church planning organization, we will tangibly show and share the gospel to the weary world in this region and around the world. Jesus will take whatever great or little that we have to offer, whatever size Happy Meal, and he will turn it into exactly what is needed to fulfill his kingdom mission through his local church. There are lots of people out there trying to do good things, but they are not doing it in Jesus' name where true hope will sustain. to fulfill his kingdom mission, right? To his words, to care for the least of these, to set the captive free, to bring freedom to the oppressed, to seek and save the lost, to let nothing stop children from experiencing his goodness and mercy. This is his call. This is our call as a local church. And he is inviting us to bring whatever little, whatever great that we have and do something about the very real need in this world that he will do something miraculous because little is much in his hands. So candidly, over the next four weeks, I'm asking for your five loaves and two fish. Five loaves, two fish. Will you bring your happy meal? It's funny, at Chick-fil-A, where the anointed chicken is, it's kind of true, y'all. Like, there's something, it hits differently. <laughs> it does. The happy meal there, they don't call it a happy meal. or kids' meal, if you get their six-piece grilled nugget meal, kids' meal, with tax, it's almost exactly 520. Right? It's kind of cool. That's the beauty of what, like, just being real. Like I want everybody to like be a part of this moment together so that when the miracle happens, everybody goes, I was there when and I was a part of it when I stepped out in faith, even though my heart was weary. Like Jesus. Like Andrew. Like all of you. You stepped out with a weary heart in faith. And you stepped into a moment together. See, all of us can jump into this. My kids, your kids can do this. maybe your happy meal is uh, you know what? I'm going to contribute five dollars and 20 cents to this hope initiative. Praise God. Maybe for others, your happy meal is a little different, and it's changed the decimal point. Your happy meal is a little larger. Maybe it's 520. Maybe it's 5,200, maybe. Maybe you're in a spot where you can actually contribute a a larger happy meal, the bigger happy meal. Maybe yours is at the 52,000 level. Friends, we all can bring a happy meal and put it in his hands in this hope initiative to see what God can do through us. To step out in faith. So I'm inviting you in to join Kelly and I in this, to invite you in to join our entire leadership team. We are believing that God is just getting started in what is next to bring hope to a weary world. And so Jesus, I am uh, stepping out in faith and into a moment uh, that I'm very aware of the tensions and realities that all of us are living in. And I am trusting you, and I'm telling your people. And I know that you will do much with whatever is put in your hands. So over these next few weeks, Jesus, uh, we are believing in a miracle. We are going to continue to ask. We're going to continue to seek, and we're going to continue to knock. And we're going to do that with shameless persistence, as your word says. We're trusting in you, Jesus. We're trusting in your name. I'm, I'm trusting and believing in a miracle of fishes and loaves. That there will be an outpouring of your spirit that overwhelms us and brings about a flood of miracles and wonders and signs of your goodness and mercy. Holy Spirit, work. We're believing in your name. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father, Emmanuel. We love you. We need you. Amen.